Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Episode 67, The Conquest of Peru, Part 6. Hello from Buenos Aires, a city which has spent the last month working itself up into a frenzy. Every time Argentina won a World Cup game, the outpourings of joy and emotion have just built and built. After every win, the city erupts, people dance and sing in the street, cars drive past with people hanging out the windows. The whole thing is soundtracked by cars honking and drums and people blowing plastic horns. The last few days since they won the final have been absolutely insane. Millions and millions of people occupying the streets. It's something that will stay with me for the rest of my life. And although, technically yes, it's just a game, football is so important here that this will go down as a part of Argentinian history. The sounds you heard just a minute ago was just a sample of the atmosphere here over the last month. Hopefully it gives you an idea of what things have been like, but audio alone can never capture the sheer insanity of the scenes that have played out across this city. If you're not particularly interested in this, apologies, we'll get onto the history now. But if you are, I've put videos up on the podcast's Twitter and Facebook pages so you can see for yourself. Last time, when we left off... Pizarro had just pulled off a cynical, tactical masterstroke and captured Emperor Atahualpa. Obviously, this changed everything. But the Spanish still had to tread carefully and assess their next move. There was an obvious precedent. Cortes's capture of Moctezuma in Mexico. In doing this, Cortes had managed to set the Spanish up in a sort of limbo and keep his men safe in the capital. As we know, however, this had not meant game over for the Aztec mission complete for the Spanish, and there would be a lot of twists and turns to come in the conquest of Mexico. Cortes had found himself ensconced in Tenochtitlan, and now Pizarro was in a similar situation in Cajamarca. The difference was that Cajamarca was not the Inca capital, and although the worst of the civil war was over, Atahualpa was not universally recognised as emperor yet. Pizarro's position was still more precarious than Cortes's had been. 
This precariousness was both longer term, but also short term. The first few days after the battle would have been nervous. They had the emperor, but they were still surrounded by an enormous army, with no hope of fighting their way out should that army decide to attack. They had, of course, killed a lot of Atahualpa's leadership during the battle, and fortunately for the Spanish, this combined with the fact that they could force Atahualpa to give orders, was enough. The emperor was ordered to play the role of a Spanish guest. Despite the massacre, he played the part of someone enjoying a stay with new friends. After all, if he was there of his own free will, there was no need to come and rescue him. It seems that Atahualpa did actually have a surprising amount of freedom. He couldn't leave, and he couldn't stop the Spanish doing what they wanted, but he could send messages, and he clearly had some agency to plot his next move. As he adjusted to his new situation, he realised that his threats were twofold. Obviously the Spanish were the immediate problem, but he had another issue. While he had all but defeated his half-brother, and had him captured. Huascar was still alive. An extended period of forced irrelevance might see Atahualpa marginalised. As word spread of the Spanish presence and the way they were behaving, the Inca might well mobilise against them. If they did, what was to stop them concluding that the imperial challenger, who was not a captive to the enemy, was their best bet? It would be easy for those guarding Huasca to free him and ask him to lead them against the Spanish. If that happened, Atahualpa would either face these strange aggressive foreigners who held him captive or a vengeful brother who had just defeated them and who had already been trying to kill him before the Spanish even arrived. Atahualpa made a plan. First, having quickly ascertained what motivated the Spaniards, he offered them a room full of gold as a ransom. He did this as much to buy time as in the hope that it would actually win his freedom. He had plenty of gold to give them, but it would take quite a long time to gather it up from around the empire. This seemed a reasonable argument to the Spanish, and they accepted the delay. In the meantime, and this is what I mean about him having agency, he sent orders for Huascar to be killed. He then suggested that they all go to Cusco and wait for his ransom to arrive. Here they would find plenty of gold to get them started. Again, the Spanish accepted this idea to a point and agreed to send some of their men with some of his. For now though, he and Pizarro would stay in Cajamarca. Atahualpa's argument for going there was that Cusco was the imperial capital. It was the seat of power and the richest city in the empire. It was where he himself would have been heading, and so it made sense for the Spanish to base themselves there. He had an ulterior motive for the suggestion, however. Cusco had been a stronghold of Huascar, and its elite probably still held sympathies for him. By having their gold and riches sacked by the Spanish, he could reduce their power while also punishing them for choosing the wrong side. At the same time, this might save his supporters in other provinces from the worst of it. You have to remember that Atahualpa had not been in Cusco for a long time while he fought the civil war. 
when his representatives arrive with these strange foreigners. It could be interpreted that they were assisting him in the looting of his rival's estates and not the other way round. Once there, the Spanish started stripping the Coricancha, the temple of Inti, the sun god, and their civilization's most sacred place. They then marched around the capital, stripping it of its most sacred symbols and objects. What followed was a hiatus, as the Spanish waited for the promised room full of gold to arrive, and Atahualpa tried to work out what to do next. There was a steady stream of Inca lords bringing gold and coming to assess this strange turn of events for themselves. Atahualpa did his best to turn them against Huascar's supporters, while they also tried to get into Pizarro's ear. Another arrival appeared around this time as well. Almagro had sailed down from Panama with six ships, 150 soldiers and 84 horses. Pizarro instructed him to come to Cajamarca. A few days ago, I arrived back in Bogota, Colombia. I'm delighted to be back in Latin America, surrounded by all the sights and sounds I love. It's been a while since I was here, though, and my Spanish has become a little rusty. Have you ever learned a language for a trip abroad, to connect with family and friends, or simply just for the fun of it? You might know what I mean. To help get me back up to scratch, I've been using Rosetta Stone. It's been perfect for this, allowing me to pick up at the level that I'm at, rather than starting from the beginning. And as it's available on both desktop and as an app on my phone, and lessons can be downloaded for use when not connected to the internet, I've been able to make use of time spent on planes and buses. I've already noticed a difference as I engage in conversations with locals and navigate everyday interactions in shops, restaurants, and museums. Its true accent speech recognition feature has helped me to perfect my pronunciation and encouraged me to think in Spanish as well as just attempting to speak it. Over 30 years, Rosetta Stone has perfected its language learning method to create a program which is immersive, intuitive, and designed to promote long-term retention. It's also great value with its current half-price membership giving you access to 25 languages for life. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Latin American History Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Despite the charter given to him by the Spanish king, stipulating that he was to colonize the region, Pizarro made no attempt to do this while he waited. He did, however, engage in some looting. The most notable occurrence was at Pachacamac, 
where he sent his brother Hernando. On the way, Hernando encountered a group of Inca soldiers, who he quickly captured and tortured for information. He wanted to find out where one of Atahualpa's generals was. He had heard rumours that this general was on his way to a place called Huauha, with a large amount of gold. Obviously, he wanted the gold to arrive in Cajamarca, but he also wanted to keep an eye on men like this, who could potentially mount an attack. In Cusco, they had met Atahualpa's most important general, a man named Kizkis, and while he had not attempted to stop their looting, he had been aloof and unwilling to show deference. Presumably, this made the Spanish nervous. Pachacamac was an important temple, and when Ananda arrived, he was given some gold by the priest, but he was denied entry. He waited around for a month before he grew impatient, captured one of the most important priests, and allowed them to let him in. Once inside, his Catholic sensibilities were horrified. He ordered the temple ransacked, and took as much gold as he could find. Then he heard that the Inca general he was looking for was indeed in Huauha, and would wait for him there to proceed to Cajamarca together. When they met, Ananda was tense. He was, as always, outnumbered. But they reached Cajamarca without incident, and another huge pile of gold came into Spanish possession. This strange state of stasis couldn't continue forever. After eight months, long after their initial deadline, the agreed amount of gold had finally arrived. What would happen now? The Spanish had no regard for the importance of the gold objects to the Inca, or for the craftsmanship which had gone into making them. They melted it all down. The fifth, which had to go to the king, was set aside and the rest was divided up amongst the Spaniards. Almagro and those who had arrived with him were given less. This was justified because they had arrived so much later, and missed the capture of Atahualpa. And although it doesn't seem to have affected his loyalty at that moment, perhaps he wasn't completely happy with the arrangement. Pizarro realised that he would need to justify himself to the king, an account for his lack of effort when it came to colonisation. Hopefully the amount of gold he was sending would be enough to distract from any questions. The king certainly needed wealth, as he was engaged in long and complex wars back in Europe. For Pizarro and Almagro, there was a powerful incentive to proceed with conquest rather than colonisation for now. Their personal interests differed from those of the king. Pizarro had been given the right to establish a new viceroyalty, but its borders were vague and undefined. Of course they were, as no European really knew what was down there. They had seen how Cortes had conquered the Aztec, and as a result had been given control over everything he had conquered. If they established a colony and declared success in their mission there was a chance that this would become the extent of their new territory, and that other Spaniards who arrived later would be given the opportunity to expand further into the continent. They would have known from the exploration of South America's eastern coast and the expeditions around Cape Horn 
that there was much more land out there. Pizarro decided to send his brother Hernando to escort the king's fifth and to talk up their great achievements. Presumably, he was told to emphasise that any colony would not be safe until the issue of the still-existent Inca Empire was dealt with properly. There were still Inca nobles who did not hold much loyalty to Atahualpa. He had never managed to solidify their allegiance. And for both their own personal reasons and for the good of the empire, some of these were actively working against him. Even with Huascar gone, there was no shortage of candidates with royal blood to back. Atahualpa had an array of half-brothers, over 50 of them in fact, who might not have felt confident enough to make their own claim during the civil war, but who might now see an opportunity. While the Spanish had manoeuvred themselves into a position of much more power than they had any right to wield, they were not safe. They too would have been wondering what came next, and with that uncertainty would have come a certain amount of paranoia. They had to pay attention to the intricacies of Inca politics and play their hand well. And because of this, they could not avoid getting caught up in those politics. Rumours started to spread that Atahualpa was secretly assembling his loyal generals, who would come down from the north, attack the Spanish and free him. Eventually these rumours had built up enough that Pizarro started to take them seriously. One day, a group of Cusco nobles arrived with the news that a great army was just days away, on its way to attack the Spanish. Now this, or something like this, may well have been Atahualpa's eventual plan. It might be a dangerous risk, but what other plan could he reasonably come up with? It was logical that he might try to make this happen, or that one of his generals might take things into his own hands and march on the Spanish. In that specific moment, however, there was no army bearing down on them. It was just rumours. In an effort to punish Atahualpa for bringing down this imaginary army, and perhaps having judged that there were indeed more useful candidates out there for consolidating his position, Pizarro ordered a trial, and Atahualpa was found guilty of conspiring against them. No effort was made to look for the army. Atahualpa agreed to be baptised in order to avoid being burnt. But this was not enough to save him. Soon afterwards, he was strangled. You've been listening to the Latin American History Podcast, written and recorded by Max Sargent. For more information, visit the website www.maxargent.com slash the history of Latin America. And that's spelt M-A-X-S-E-R-J-E-A-N-T. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to get in contact at historyoflatinamericapodcast at gmail.com. You can also find the Facebook page by searching for the Latin American History Podcast. The Twitter handle is at historylatinam. And if you've liked the show, you can help out by leaving a review on iTunes. 
Alternatively, if you visit the website, you'll see that each episode is accompanied by relevant photos. Most of these are my own, taken during my time in Latin America. All these photos and more are available to purchase as prints at my Etsy shop. You can find this at www.etsy.com slash photo. That's spelt www.etsy.com slash M-A-X-S-E-R-J-E-A-N-T photo. Thanks for listening. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.